And one of the biggest mistakes that we make at work is thinking that conflict is bad and should be avoided. But healthy conflict, well, that is what will truly make your team powerful and resilient. Hello and welcome to Conscious Business. You know what we're going to talk about today? We are going to talk about one of the biggest secrets to building a strong team. We're going to talk about the need for conflict, specifically healthy conflict. Now, after years of coaching different teams across all different industries, this is one of the most common questions that I get asked all the time. What is it that we need to do to build a strong team? Quite often we have this misconception that a strong team is created by a bunch of really individual smart contributors, but really it's truly what you do with those people once you bring them together. So I'd have to say that one of the biggest challenges that teams face is a lack of healthy conflict. And in Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team, fear of conflict is the second layer of dysfunction. It shows up after the absence of trust layer. You see, the biggest problem with conflict is that people avoid it because they think it's uncomfortable or they perceive that it's going to be uncomfortable. So they avoid it at all costs. They just put the blinders on versus just leaning into the discomfort of the conflict, which is often never as bad as you think it's going to be. I mean that. I can't count the number of times that I have encouraged a client to have a really courageous conversation with someone, only for them to come back to me and say, you know what, Julie, that was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I know that's why I told you to do it. You know, it's so shocking to see how much collective fear we have over conflict and how so many of us are really conflict avoidant. I used to think it was just one of those endearing Canadian qualities that we had, but really doing business all around the world, a lot of people struggle with conflict. All different cultures, some more than others. That is until today. Today, we're going to lean in and we are going to pledge to bring conflict, specifically healthy conflict, inside of your comfort zone. And trust me, it won't hurt. So don't worry, it won't leave a scar. You might even like it. And I also have a brilliant resource that I'm going to share in this episode with you that is going to help you to get exactly what you need. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to explain why conflict is so necessary to building a strong team. In the second segment, we're going to talk about the importance of healthy conflict. And in the third segment, I'm going to explain the concept of conflict debt. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? about you, but I have had more than my share of conflict at work over the years. Most of it, thankfully, happened early in my career, you know, when I didn't know any better, when all I really cared about was my title and how much I got paid. 
I wish that I could say that I was always the innocent party in the conflict, but you know that would be a lie. I have to fess up to being on both the giving and the receiving end of conflict. I've seen it all. I've seen the power struggles to build bigger empires. I've seen the shouting matches over strategy and best practices. I've seen the lobbing of the hot potato over who was wrong and where blame should be put, the backstabbing. And shockingly, I've actually seen a lot of physical conflict too. The shoving matches, the face-to-face conflict, and, you know, your garden variety hair pulling and cat fights. Some conflict is bad. It causes harm. And some conflict is needed and it's productive. That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, whenever we reveal to clients or to teams that conflict is actually a good thing, they're usually very visibly uncomfortable and pretty skeptical. It's a hard sell, obviously, because people come to us so often because they're trying to get along better. And so it seems counterintuitive that here we are telling them that they need to lean into healthy conflict to be able to get along better. But the difference here is simple. We want teams to have more healthy conflict, including more honest conversations, more honest feedback, more sharing of different ideas. Why? Because the strongest teams are the most diverse teams. And we're not just talking about gender, ethnicity, or age. We also want to have cognitive diversity, which is essentially recognizing differences in perspectives or information processing styles, how individuals think and how they engage with new or complex situations. You know, the biggest hiring mistake that we always make is hiring someone in our own image. Someone who is just like us. They think like us. They maybe even look like us. They have the same experiences or background or training. And maybe we relate to them or we want to give them a break because they remind us of how hard it was when we were on our journey. Either way, hiring someone who is just like you is a mistake because it robs us of diversity. Now, to take this one step further, it's not enough to simply hire people who are diverse in all aspects. It's also important to create trust and strong relationships with those people so that we can all lean in and share our diverse perspectives. To have those healthy dialogues aka disagreements about different options before they all align to one common objective. So to sum up, strong teams are diverse teams. We never want to hire someone who is just like us. And it's not enough to just have different people and divergent opinions on a team. You have to teach people how to embrace healthy conflict for a team to truly do their best and to thrive. Now, as I said in the last segment, I have explained this to many teams that they need to create an environment for healthy conflict. And this is admittedly a bit of a tough sell sometimes. But 
my life just got a whole lot easier because my mentor just released a book to explain how important healthy conflict is and how to create this kind of culture in your organization. So this is the resource that I was telling you about. So the book is called The Good Fight. Use productive conflict to get your team and organization back on track. Thank you, Leanne, for this brilliant book. Now, Leanne knows her stuff. She has a PhD in organizational psychology. And her last book, another one of my personal favorites, was called You First. In that book, Leanne introduced the concept of different types of toxic teams. No, there's not just one type of toxic team. There's many different types. And I love this list. This is really burned into my brain over the years. I introduce people to it all the time. So there's five different types of toxic teams that she identifies. I'm going to name them for you now. Number number one, the first one, is the crisis junkie team. So this is when a team leaps into action to unite around a common goal. Two is the bobblehead team, when people maintain a collective opinion and experience and have that harmony at all costs. The spectator team, where certain team members just check out of discussions completely and then the team is never really fully functioning or present. The bleeding back team, I know this one quite well, where everyone just nods their head, yes, in public, but then engages in lots of side conversations and back-channel decision-making. And last but not least, the Royal Rumble team, where we see unhealthy and unproductive conflict, where members engage in really vicious attacks and screaming fights. They go back and forth. They create lots of friction, but they never really actually go anywhere. So learning about these five different types of toxic teams from Leanne's last book, it really influenced the work that I do with teams. Because, you know, when we think of a team, it's really a system. And we have to know what is going on at the system level if we want to shift or have an impact on it. In her new book, The Good Fight, Leanne approaches another really important topic, the need to have healthy conflict on a team. Now, I had a chance to do the pre-read of the digital version, and I have to say, the world needs this book. We actually have needed it for a really long time. And so if you are part of a team or if you are leading a team, then this book is going to be a complete game changer for you. Because the mistake that most people make is thinking that if the team gets along really well and they all agree all the time, then there isn't any friction and that this is a good thing, right? This is optimal, but not so much. Healthy conflict is good and it's needed with a group of people and you have to create an environment that really encourages this type of interaction. Now, this episode is perfectly timed because the book was just released today. So you can order it on Amazon or wherever you get your favorite books or order them online. One of my favorite concepts in this book is something that Leanne calls conflict debt. 
So this is a brilliant way to understand what is the real opportunity cost of not having healthy conflict on your team? What is it that you're really missing out on? Because like I said before, a lot of times people think because everyone gets along face-to-face on a team, that the team is highly functioning. Not always the case. And I'll explain this concept of conflict debt in the next segment a little bit more. But first, I want to share an important note about conflict. As humans, you know, we're sometimes wired to dislike or be uncomfortable about conflict. Or we've often been taught to avoid it, right? To be play that role of peacekeeper. But here's one of my favorite quotes from the book. Conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy ones. And that's a great tweetable. I'm going to say it again. Conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy ones. Now, if you have ever had a bad taste in your mouth about conflict and you're thinking right now, oh no, Julie, we don't need any more conflict on our team right now, I want you to take a second and really check in and be honest about what type of conflict has been happening on your team. Has it been real, true, respectful, healthy conflict that has come from a place of discussing different ideas with respect? Or is it ego-based conflict that has the intention of building external power or expanding one's empire or increasing their self-importance or self-worth? Remember, in episode 173, we talked about brilliant jerks. And brilliant jerks, well, they like the ego-based conflict. And they are typically responsible for orchestrating really unhealthy conflict because they're not typically concerned with um, making the team more productive. They only care about upholding their own importance. So this is not the kind of conflict that we're talking about or encouraging. We want the good conflict, right? It's kind of like avocados. Avocados have a lot of fat, but it's the good fat. So this is the stuff that we really want to focus on and normalize. So let's dive in the next segment and talk about conflict debt. All right, so I want to dive right into this concept of conflict debt because I think this is a really brilliant way to understand the opportunity cost when you don't actually have those tough, courageous, uncomfortable, let's be honest, slightly awkward conversations. Conflict debt holds us back from really making key decisions in our business. It holds us back from taking action and moving forward. And it's debt that compounds into interest of hurt feelings or loss of trust. Now, Leanne explains in the book why we are so conflict-averse. Here's a passage from the book. Conflict debt is the sum of all the contentious issues that need to be addressed to be able to move forward, but instead remain undiscussed and unresolved. Conflict debt can be as simple as withholding the feedback that would allow your colleague to do a better job, and as profound as continually deferring a strategic decision while getting further and further behind the competition. So you're starting to get a sense of what conflict debt really is. 
When you avoid tough discussions or courageous conversations, you take on debt. When you bypass a debate, you take on debt. When you busy yourself doing low-level things that won't move the dial because your senior management team can't get aligned on what the actual purpose is, or you avoid it by focusing on your own functional silos, guess what? You take on debt. And just like financial debt, it starts off really simple and innocent, and it can be easy to overlook, but soon enough, it starts to pile up and expand, and then it compounds, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds until it's unmanageable and too hard to ignore. So here are three ways that you get into conflict debt. First, you avoid discussing the issue. Now, maybe you have good attentions to discuss it later when things are less busy, but that day never comes. And with time and with procrastination, it might become seemingly more and more difficult to discuss, and then it just creeps into the ether. The second way that we get into conflict debt is to avoid the opposition. So come on, let's be honest. You know exactly who in your office is on your side and who is going to back you up and support your decisions or your ideas, and you know who exactly is going to be the killjoy and slow you down or disagree with you. So because you know this, you know how to avoid This is the second way to take on conflict debt. You avoid the people that will oppose your ideas. Now, the third way to take on debt is to avoid the friction. So you might discuss certain aspects of a new project or a program, but not really the sticky, icky parts, the parts that really matter. So, you know that epic phrase, let's take this offline, let's be honest. In your heart, you know that's often code for, let's discuss it later, knowing full well that we probably never will discuss it later. So, those are three key ways to build conflict debt. You avoid the issue, you avoid the opposition, and you avoid the friction. Now, the debt can roll down the hill to other teams or other direct reports if the senior teams are not aligned with the right proper vision or objectives. But wait, that's not all. There's other forms of debt that can be created at the team level. So if there are interpersonal issues that don't get addressed or dysfunctional team dynamics, this generates debt too. These are affectionately called, you know, the elephants in the room. The things that nobody really wants to deal with. Like, let's say, hypothetically, the head of HR is having an affair with someone on the sales team. Everyone knows it's not right. The employee handbook even says that it's not right. But really, who's going to be the one person to point it out? Or it could be someone in accounts receivable who just, you know, regularly drinks too much at lunch far too often. But are they really an alcoholic? Who really wants to be the person to deal with it? Whose business is it really? So we look the other way. Could be a poor performer on the team. Someone who is, you know, not exactly doing nothing. They are getting some stuff done, but they're definitely not pulling their weight. And, you know, they've just been around for so long. Or maybe they're related to someone who's on the board. 
all these elephants in the room, these awkward situations, the politics, they're costly and they generate conflict debt. So that is a little bit of a sneak peek at this concept of conflict debt and how it can really impact your team. And not just your team, it really has an impact on the overall organization because these things get inbred in the culture, right? They live at the whole company-wide level. And as if we just ignore them, they just kind of build up over time. And then that new level of dysfunction becomes the norm. And then we just lower our expectations to live at that level. And it's amazing what we can actually end up tolerating in our organizations. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on healthy conflict. If you are part of a team or if you manage a team and you think, hey, you guys could do a way better job of healthy conflict, then you'll definitely want to check out Leanne's book. It's called The Good Fight. You can get it on Amazon or whatever online resource you order your books through. Personally, I ordered a whole whack of them and I will be handing them out to my executive clients in the coming weeks and encouraging a lot of conversations and shining a spotlight on this need to really dial up and commit to healthy conflict on teams. Remember that great tweetable, conflict is a natural part of healthy relationships and a critical defense against unhealthy ones. Trust is always the main ingredient to facilitating healthy conflict. So if your team is getting along perfectly all the time and agreeing with each other, don't give yourself a pat on the back. Dig a little deeper and see what's really going on. Are you being as productive as you can? Is there enough constructive criticism on your team? And most importantly, no matter how great you think you are at communication, you can always do better. You can always do more. One last quote from the book that I want to share is, establish a line of communication before you need it. Don't wait until you're too thirsty to dig a well. Now, I hope that I have managed to shift the way that you think about conflict. You know, it's kind of like, I think of it as like Brussels sprouts, right? If you try them, they're really not as scary as they look. You might actually even like them. And hey, they're so good for you. So remember, conscious business, it's about growing, right? We are here. We have committed to grow, to expand, to constantly learn and lean in. Our job is to expand our range, increase our comfort zone by mastering healthy conflict. And remember that your business won't grow until you do. And when you have the courage to lean into your fear, there's always magic on the other side. 